This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at Mike C Tennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... Another episode of the podcast is underway. Noah Rubin, um, he is on his way to a one-year-old birthday party um, in just a couple of minutes. And and right now, I can see him. He's wearing a very wonderful flowered shirt, a collared shirt. Um, it, it, you said you weren't going to bring it up. Well, you said that. That was the first thing. It was the first thing. Don't bring up the shirt. Bring up the shirt. I mean, it's it's lovely. Do you have any skills? Not really. Okay. I think that's pretty clear. What do you got planned? What are you? What did you buy for the one-year-old uh, for this birthday? Nothing. What did Jamie I, I, Jamie actually, buy for the one-year-old? I actually spoke about this. If I ever have a child of my own, uh-huh. a one-year-old birthday party. I get it's for the parents, but oh come on! I I I've, you had one? Yeah, for Marnie, sure. Yeah, she had what a great time. She had a great time. Yeah. Oh my gosh! What? All these people who are wanting to play with her and do different things and all these new toys. It's fantastic. Sounds like a nightmare. nightmare. Explains so much about you. Um, How's the training? How's the body? How's the brain? Brain is, you know, just glorious. It's a wonderful mystery ride. Uh, Hardcore's hurt a lot everywhere. Mm -hmm. And and that's that. I don't know what else to say, really. I used to slide, and then I used to play a match, and then after that, I would be okay. And now I play a match, and it's not okay anymore. So you're saying you're not able to slide as much? Is that what you're... I'm saying that it hurts more on the old soul. Mm. You're how old? 26. (laughs) Okay. Okay, just keep that in mind. Um, I have a couple of points that I would like for us to discuss. I have points, too. (sighs) <sighs> did you know Wimbledon's taking place right now? I did. I watched some yesterday. Um, I watched some of Nick Kyrgios and Stefanos Tsitsipas, which is what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. No, I was there too. Can we – I think we're done arguing because I still see it on Twitter. He's entertaining. I'm not saying he's a good person. We don't have to talk about if he's a good person or not. But are we going to argue still at this yes. point if he's entertaining or not? Apparently so. Do you, uh, which side are you following? I follow on the same side as, as you. 
Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I get it. There's a lot of complaining, and he goes a lot of different directions. But he, is there still time to com- you know to say that he's not bringing in people? Yeah, here's here's the issue, and I I think this is you know kind of a bigger picture. What what does need to be discussed here is um, enforcement of rules. Mm-hmm. Um, Stefanos after the match, uh, you know, referred to Kyrios as being a bully. Yeah, uh, I think there's some validity to that. Right. Um, may, maybe bully's not the right word, but I, I do think there's some. You know, Nick push pushes boundaries, crosses lines because there is no inf- actual enforcement of of rules, and you know that this is this is tennis, right? You do whatever you can to beat the person on the other side of the net, and Nick is very good at that, um, and and maybe pushes beyond what are quote-unquote rules but it's not enforced none of it is enforced it's all these a unwritten rules and b ones that are not a chair umpire is not going to actually enforce you know if you're talking to somebody on the other side of the net you're not going to say anything because you don't want it to like you don't want the chair to actually get involved in the match so i think nick is wildly entertaining i've said before that Frankly, John McEnroe and his outbursts were how I got actually engaged with the sport back in, you know, the early 80s. And it's the same thing here, right? There's the level of entertainment. It's going to be some of it's going to be on TikTok, where yeah. whereas Stefano Tsitsipas, one handed backhand down the line is not. Right. But yeah, it's difficult. I just want I would like sorry to interrupt, Noah. I, yeah, I, there, there does need to be some level of enforcement of rules and this is where it gets really complex right i mean there's there's no way around it like how do you how do you stick to that 25 second guideline in between points if nick Kyrgios is arguing and yelling about how he wants a supervisor uh because stefanos hits something into the stands which also needs to be enforced there needs to be a very strict understanding of you hit a ball into the sidelines even if it doesn't hit somebody you're out get out like there's there's we're so soft on these rules. And so as a result, their, their players are playing, you know, like a, a, a player like Steph is playing by what he says, thinks are the rules. Nick is playing by what he thinks are the rules. Both of them are probably correct in their own understanding of it. Right. Yeah. There's, there's almost no how-to anymore. Correct. Of, of how to go about a match. I'm actually shocked that with all the chair umpires that Nick has played in front of and you know thrown his antics at yeah that no chair empire has kind of taken that i'm gonna be bigger than you and scarier than you i know it's funny i'm just sure. i don't know where that line is for the chair but to kind of be like no nick shut the fuck up right. nobody can hear us right now i'm in your face you shut the fuck up and go and play tennis like i'm i'm shocked that that's never really happened everybody kind of takes a toll and then you see the chair empire gets exhausted and it's like okay now i'm gonna say something and it's not gonna come out well but it's like they've never taken the next step and said, no, no, Nick, you're, you're done here. You're either going to walk off the court. I'm going to keep – because they have the initiative to say, okay, now that's a warning. Now it's a point penalty. That's a game and match. And that's it. And kick him off the court. See what happens. And, and what- frankly, if that starts happening, the entertainment value is still there. 100%. 100%. The antics will still if – you, if you think Nick is going to leave that court <laughs> right, wild, right. You know, quietly <laughs> after, I mean, that's – you know, that start the show, start the clock. I mean, um, you know, it doesn't have to be all the time. And, and for some things, there's definitely no need. But 
if he's if it's really taking away from the tennis, which I sadly did not have time yesterday to watch the match, very disappointed. But I, I saw the highlights and seeing how people reacted was it did at times actually take away from mm. the tennis. And you know, Rothenberg, another one said, you know, I think we forget how good Nick is at tennis because there's so much other things going on, you know, so many other things going on. So. I always wish somebody just kind of took that step into him and almost, you know, shouldered him a little bit and said, hey, this is what's happening. Well, on, on top of it, I think, you know, frankly, Steph is one of those opponents who in that type of a matchup with all of that going on, he will not handle it well. And I think right. Nick knows that and obviously took advantage of that again because he's very comfortable, A, with his tennis, where his game is at right now, and B, with the fact that he can push and push and push and knows that Steph is a, a, an opponent who's not going to give it back. Um, and I, I, I guess I want to say again, I don't, fault, I don't fault Nick very much here. Um, he, is, he is, again, going... It's his book. It, 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 he's, <laughs> being, he's being allowed to go, right? right. And, and with the fact that nobody is, is saying... Here is the here is the consequence of you going here. Keep going, man. Like if nobody right. says anything, you keep going and keep, you know, doing your thing because your job is to beat the other person over there on the other side of the net. If nobody says no, y you yeah. go. If the gates are open. Yeah. Yeah. No, Who, it's it, yeah. Who's the most difficult opponent in that regard that you've competed against as a player? I, he he was at the top of it. Mm. I, I just I mean I remember, I don't remember being so out of a match at five all in the first. Hmm. <laughs> you well, know, it was where, just one where of those was situation. it? That was Atlanta a few years ago. Okay, and you know, first of all, he did all this stuff. He aced me multiple times with different serves: Karlovich, mm. Sharapova, and Fed. And he he mimics to a T mm. and aces because I mean, people actually went against us. He. Definitely has one of the best serves of all time. Sure. I mean, the, the, he could hit the spots. But being at 5 on the first with him, and I was like, I was not really, and <laughs> I was in probably the most mentally stable point of my tennis career, yeah. and I did not know what was happening. I didn't know where I was. Yeah. Because I was looking over, and he wasn't there, whether I was boring him with my tennis or whatever the case may be, he wasn't there. And, and it felt like he was doing other things at the same time mm. so you know you go to a stephanos who definitely doesn't deal with that very well yeah and ironically most of the rules are named after yeah, right, him right. you know um it, you know I, I've, I've i've been there i understand the situation you know when i'm playing my best the focus is there and when i have something that's completely taking me out of that realm and it's not 6-2 in my direction. You know, it's 5-all. It's a very tough situation. I mean, even Bublik mm. was there. I, I played him a long time. Fuck. That was Newport Beach. Saved a few match points against it. It was 6 in the third. And it's, we're at like, I don't know, I'm making up a score. Like, 4-all in the third. And it's like it's, you know, we're having a little run of merry-go-round. And we're just yeah. la And I'm just like, what? How do you do this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you do it? So it's. It's been interesting to kind of see those guys develop. I mean, there's a reason in my head I call it they have to do this. Yeah. You know, people say this is what they want to do. I say it's what they have to do. To be at, in this sport doing what they want to do, they have to play this role. And they do it, and they do it well. It's, it's you know, somebody we both know well, uh, Stefan Kozlov. Um, Stefan always has to play when he's at his best. I should put it that way. When he's at yes. his best, he's, he's on the edge. 
right? Yes. There's that, that border of like being disrespectful to your opponent, getting in their head a little bit, but like feeling like, you know, cause looks like there's a chip on his shoulder. And so like, fuck you, man. Like I'm going to, I'm going to push every boundary I can. That's, that's when he is at his best. And I think it's the same for Nick, right? Yeah. Um, two, two guys. He has to make his own narrative to Correct. get himself to a point of, I either want to fucking kick the shit out of you. Yeah. And and do that in tennis terms, you know, and yeah. and that's and and Kozlov's an interesting one because when you know he was at his best, he was doing that in practice. Yeah, and I looked over <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, why? But he had to. He yeah. had to get himself in that in that state of mind in practice to make sure that it was there during the matches. And whether it was me or watching him play Tiafo, which was a great, you know, just a character <laughs> battle. You know, you have those, and you're like. And I remember talking to Steph when he was just before he kind of had that next breakthrough and coming yeah. back to it. I was like, Steph, I almost missed that. Yeah. You were a complete piece of shit. Yeah. And you were toying with me. And But now I miss that for you. I, yeah, I want yeah. you to get that. So it was like, how does and, – and with – and if Nick can't find that, which – has to be he has to have a lot more check marks to bring that out like stefan and i it could be him and i playing on court 22 in front of nobody yeah i think nick needs the fans he needs the stage 100%. he needs the player that he's playing against it can't just be a guy that's 130 in the world yeah so it's, uh, socks it's socks the same way i mean sock yeah. i we've talked about it before that the first couple rounds of challengers have always been so hard for him because yeah, it's impossible to, for him to really find that edge that he needs to play with when you're in front of three people, uh, hmm. you know, in, in some some smaller city. It's hard. It's hard right. for him to do. I think that's another great example of it. But I, I, I agree with you, Noah. I think there are, there's plenty of room in the tennis ecosystem for these types of, of human beings, these types of characters, these types of quote unquote villains. Um, I, I, yeah, as I said earlier, John McEnroe brought me into the sport because I, the first thing I saw, you know, the TikTok of 1982 was ESPN mm. Sports Center. You saw the, yeah. the the highlights over and over again of, of McEnroe doing his thing or Jimmy Connors screaming at people. And you're like, Question, oh, though, this is it, cool. Is it true that he was looking that the McEnroe brothers were looking down upon Nick's antics? Yeah, yeah that's what I, I, okay. I didn't hear it. Um, OK, but yes, I mean, I, I saw that all <laughs> over social media yesterday that. Yeah, that, okay. not hypocritical. Right. Yeah. I, well, well, Patrick was never. Pat, Pat okay. was, was uh, no, no, in Pat, his playing right, yeah, days. Pat was yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, John specifically, for him to, to call out antics is, <laughs> is, is crazy to me because he was so, I don't know, it's different 40 years on, right? Like right. Nick's antics in 1982 would be just outlandish and like get him out yeah. of here, right? But nowadays, <laughs> like more and more is allowed and more and more is open because it is type of entertainment um, component to it. And, right. and Nick brought it up yesterday and, 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 and we'll move on here, but Nick brought it up yesterday when he plays basketball back in, in Australia, when he goes home and plays in some of those like summer league type things with guys who yeah. are playing in the Australian basketball leagues, this is basic. Yeah. I mean, the, the trash talk at the NBA level is like the the worst thing ever in tennis. You know what I mean? Right. It's and, and so, we've, spoken, we've spoken about that. There's, yeah. I think, there's so much more room for trash talk. I mean, we have it all the time in practice. I think it, but again, it comes all the way back around to where's the line? Yes. Where does the line get drawn? Correct. Is it ball into you know the stadium? Is it Nick taking twelve minutes to speak and wants to see all the supervisors, whatever the fuck that means? Right. <laughs> you know what? You know where is that line? And that's that's what we need. I mean, the basketball the basketball players. 
Actually, I think it's gotten a little bit softer in their, you know, mm-hmm. calling of rules. But they know the line. They know right. what's going to exactly. happen. And that's that's what it is. And but we don't in this you. sport. No, we don't. Question for you, though, kind of sidetracking but on the same topic is we're in the later rounds. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting draw. We have it yeah. in front of us. Yeah. What does Nick going forward look like? Because, you know, I've seen him quiet down when he actually gets nervous, when he yeah. realizes that something larger is on the line. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, as we're, we're doing this, I'm pulling up the draw because I, yeah. I want to make sure I, I look at this right of, of where he um, is. Um, so, yeah, he's got Nakashima next. And then, and then Garin Dimonar before he plays either, you would guess, Fritz or Nadal. Right, so um, Nakashima's got to be a nightmare for him because Nakashima's not going to play into any of his games. You would think, for the most I don't, part, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that. I, I, I think it's. I think it's within the realm of possibility, considering it's the first time being this deep in a Grand Slam that Brandon's yeah. got some nerves engaged um, against Nick when he is at his full throat. That could yeah. that could be a really difficult ask for Brandon. Um, I'm not saying tennis-wise. I'm just saying in the antics. Realm I, well, that's of what things. I mean, actually. Oh, okay. Is, you, you think yeah. that you could see a different side? I could see. I could see that being very challenging for Brandon Nakashima for okay. sure. I think it's okay. within the realm of possibility. Yes. Um, okay. But then, and then he respects Demon R if he gets to play Demon R, and you never know. I, I, you don't I, know. I, I don't. Um, yeah. I, I think it would be a big, big deal if Nick Kyrgios wins the Slam. I think it would yeah. be a massive massive thing for the men's side of our sport um but because again when when it gets down to it the guy draws attention to the sport and that's what we need to continue growth it's funny because i think about nadal kirgios that would be semis you said that would be semis yeah it would bring out the best in both of them yes it would because Nadal fucking does not want to lose to Nick. Correct. Does not want to lose. And then Nick is like, I get to play Nadal now. So I actually think the next few matches are probably tougher for Nick. I think so, than, too. Than, than Nadal because it, in his head he doesn't have much to lose at that point. Correct. I, th- I think let's, let's just say, it's, let's just say Demonar Nadal are the yeah. next after Nakashima. That would be the, the three to get to the finals. And I think each one... Like Nakashima, the play style is going to be challenging for Nick. Demonar, he respects Demonar. That's a challenge. Yeah. And then there's Nadal, and then potentially Djokovic. That would be your. Yeah. That would be that would be fun. That would be a fun watch. That would be. That uh, would, and that and that and that's enough to be said right there. Yeah. The fact that we want that so bad. Yeah. For the sport, but. Yeah. Uh, mixed in there, by the way, Jason Kubler playing Taylor Fritz yes. next, uh, and. Flipping Kubler owes us a podcast. A bastard. <laughs> that goes into one thing I want to talk about. We're not going to ask him for a podcast again because we were accepted but denied. Oh, he no, he knows he owes me. He knows he, he owes actually us. knows. <laughs> he, the last thing I, he said to me was, "I know I owe you a podcast," and then he left for Wimbledon. So, saw on Twitter the Monday schedule. Okay. At the same time that I saw Federer, yeah, being introduced majestically, yeah. Walk onto stadium courts. Is it exciting? Is the Monday schedule exciting enough for tennis right now? How how do you mean that? I mean that in that 
these are most of the guys that you and I know very well okay. through Challenger Tours for the most part. And I'm You're talking, talking about on the, on men's, the men's side, side specifically? R- specifically. Okay, right so now. so the men's matches in that regard are yes. Nak- uh, Center Court, Nakashima, Kyrgios, mm-hmm. Botic, and Rafa. Mm-hmm. Court one has Kubler Fritz. Mm-hmm. Court two has Garin Dimonar. Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, yeah, I, 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 it's a topic we brought up, and when I was salivating over Roger Federer, yeah, um, are there enough people that transcend the sport of tennis within a group like that? Or, and I guess the second question was going back to when Burdich was consistently at this, was that more exciting or was it not? Or was it just, you know, I just, I keep trying to think back to that. Yeah, it's it's a complex question, Noah, because... I love when you use my name. <laughs> for, for, for 20 years, right, we've... Yeah. We've had the three at the top. So, you know, quote unquote, excitement has been defined by Rafa, Novak and, and Raj. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, Burdich, Burdich Anderson didn't didn't move the needle. Burdich Ferrer mm-hmm. didn't quite move the needle because you had these three who are at the peak. And we're, we're at, you know, again, this is kind of a topic we've discussed. Others have discussed. We were at this point where. Nick Kyrgios is your your top maybe men's draw outside of Rafa uh, tomorrow on Monday, yeah. right? And understandably so. Taylor Fritz is the 11th seed, yeah. you know, and he's going to be one of the featured stars of the Netflix documentary. Um, we need to start paying attention to that more. Right. Um, and frankly— Do you think we're still, ha- you know, hanging on to the history of oh, what for sure. was? 100% yeah. we're hanging on to history that doesn't— Exists. I mean, Federer doesn't exist anymore. As much as we love him, if he manages to put a season together again, one season, yeah, it'd be it'd be nearly a miracle. Here's the thing, and I, um, you know, we as I put, it, I'm talking about media side here. Yeah, we need to do a better job of of telling these other stories, though. Yeah, you know, I mean, Brandon Nakashima in the fourth round of of you know first time in the fourth round of Grand Slam a few years after he was number two in the world as a junior. You know, that's that's a big story. Taylor Fritz making this big push over the last year is a big story. Jason Kubler's story is yeah. phenomenal if you don't right. know it. And nobody's telling it right now, despite the fact that he's in the flipping fourth round of Wimbledon. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's a I, I think there needs to be a, a, a bit of a better job of telling some of the stories of of these different athletes. They're different play styles. We need to feature Brandon Nakashima a little bit more on ATP pieces and having them on center court as they're making their push up and understand that these are some fun stories to tell. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's funny. Cause you know, we, in the podcast previous, uh, to Wimbledon's first round, we were talking about, you know, what would it mean to players making it through? We, we, both thought that there were going to be an interesting draw leading into the second week, and we're correct with that. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't really want to go into the conversation of, you know, how sad it is for a Kubler to not get points because we talk about the money is very important. I don't think there's a need for that right mm-hmm. now. But I'm seeing the asterisk from people that didn't put it on it previous to the tournament, but now that the draw is here, they're saying, well, you know, for Americans, you know, that wouldn't have been the case. And I, 
Okay, we could argue that, whatever the case. You're, refer you're referring to Ben Rothenberg's tweet yesterday where he said it was something that about— That was one. That yeah, was one for sure. Yeah. But I saw uh, many, other, many, many other people talking about just the fact that this is now not the tournament they want to watch because of the draw that it's here. And that, that's fine. That's their prerogative. But what does this mean for tennis now? Like, this could be the draws we see in the future. You know, it's mm -hmm. not crazy. You know, this is not out of this world to see this fourth round again. So where does tennis lie? Uh, I, I, I tend to be in the side where I'm excited about it. Yeah. Um, the, the fact and your excitement lies because, because of just new the complete Yeah. The more, the more diversity of play styles, the, the diversity of stories. So we're not just telling Rafa and Roger again. Yeah. And uh, again, don't get me wrong, it's been phenomenal. But on, on top of it, I mean, like, we haven't talked at all about the fact that, like, Bedosa and, and Halep is, is yeah. second on on center court. That's a phenomenal matchup, right? I mean, you've got uh, Anissa Mova, who knocked off Coco yesterday, right. was so good. And, and frankly, this is where we need to, you know, we talk about this tennis united, whatever. Like, okay, your men's draw is not as good. Let's make sure we're focusing the hell out of the women's side. Let's, let's talk more about Heather Watson and her first time this deep at, at Wimbledon. And, and, and I, I think the media needs to allow that this is, this is okay. It's not yeah. bad. And because it, it is a top-down message. It's a top-down message. I, I agree with you. Obviously, you know, Early on with Behind the Racket was the initiative of trying to get those stories out, right? You know, to to connect. And I same with my podcast. Frankly, when I was doing the coffee cast, that coffee thing, fuck off. Um, and I, I never put actually. I really didn't put the the issue onto the media. Mm -hmm. But we have to understand that it's not you know you know especially in the world of tennis where there are a lot of sheltered individuals. It's just how it is to perform the sport at a lot of levels they have to help them help mm. them realize who they are a little bit give them that little push it doesn't mean you know that if you go through a year and you're not really getting anything out of it that's fine but give them that little helping hand to say okay who are you yeah why, why can how can we make you interesting you know what is out there with you know with your story with everything going on and i think it's just not that natural for a lot of people to come into that. Like, I think Nakashima, super nice guy. He's not going to be the one, you know, putting out TikToks and, you know, yeah, sharing sure. a story, you know, just willy-nilly. But, oh, that didn't feel good going on a pod. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I think it's just a little helping hand for some of these players. It's, it's I think, a great example of it, Noah, is the fact. What, where did they put Cam Norrie? The British number one. Where, where did they put him for his first match? Was he on court two, court, th yeah. court three, something? You know, and it's just right. like, okay. It's not Murray, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yes, you're right. T Taylor Fritz is not Roger Federer. Okay. Or Roddick, yeah. Or, sure, that's, or Roddick. Yeah. That's, that's fine. But right. let's, let's find out who he is so we can actually do a good job of promoting this next group of players that are going to be in the top five. You know, uh, so much focus is on Carlos Alcaraz. Right now, as we're talking, he's down a set and a break to Yannick Sinner. And we haven't, right. frankly, Yannick Sinner is not getting enough play because we're on to Carlos Alcaraz. Like, who's the next hope to be Novak, Roger, Rafa? 
And Yannick well, Sinner. Anybody know anything about Yannick Sinner? Right. That's, mean, that, that was exactly my anything. point. Like, yeah. we're all we were, we're so focused on Carlos Alcaraz. Like, Yannick right. Sinner is going to win multiple Grand Slams. There's no right. doubt in my mind about that. But yet we're just like, he's done. That guy's over. <laughs> right, because we want we want the top of that. And you know, we're I'm a cynic. Hey, you're you're not as cynical as I am. And I agree. And I I, I do enjoy bringing up the fact that we are going to be in a worse place. But it doesn't mean the, the saying, cut your nose to spite your face. We have things here. Use yes, them. agreed. You know, now we move on. You know, yes, we, we acknowledge it's not going to be as good. But now how do we make adjustments Correct. to use what we have, to use Yannick Sinner's forehand that literally there's nobody in the world that has a bigger forehand than him. Yeah. We use that. Do something. Where is he from? What does he do? Anything. I mean. Did you know he used to ski? Okay, maybe a little more interesting than that. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I, I didn't also know as we as we wrap up and, you know, like we should tell the story more about you and your floral prints um, that you're you're wearing right now and, and more about how you should incorporate that style into um, your, your clothing line uh, that you wear on court. My wonderful girlfriend and I moved into an apartment and yeah. it's actually – people are super friendly, which is tough for me to be, as you know, but – I actually might not need you anymore, which is great. I'm, I didn't like, know you needed needing... me before, but go on. Oh, wow. So you're actually taking a compliment out mm, of this? Yes, I am. Oh, God. Well, okay. What, why, don't you need, why don't you need me anymore? I, I'm just saying like I'm actually making friends. Mm. Right. And I just didn't think that was possible for Jamie and I. I mean, she's wonderful. but Well, that's the only reason they're being friends with you is, is to be friends with Jamie because she's, right. the, she's the likable one of the two. People that's will true. tolerate you. We, that's what we all do is we tolerate you. You should bring back the Mohawk. I will, actually, in the offseason. Good. Okay. Um, I, I, what I wanted to get to today that we, we don't have time to because you have a birthday party to get to, um, and I really want us to actually spend some time on it, is uh, betting in tennis. Um, okay. Coco did a uh, – and we'll just hit on this for one minute. Coco did a yeah. – um, uh, TikTok last night about all of the messages she received after losing to Anisimova. Um, we never spoke about Sloane Stevens on top of that as well. It's 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 bad. Yeah, and and, they're, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and and frankly, the tours are not doing enough. They're taking in a lot of the money, um, the data rights, and all of that is is really important. And betting is going to help grow the sport. There's no doubt. And we need to do something to make sure players are protected um, because somebody like you, you know, you talk about the lower ranked players who don't necessarily have an agent to filter out all those negative things on, on Instagram. Where gambling is more prevalent. Correct. It, we, need, we need to do, do a little bit more to help players at the lower levels in that regard. I want to talk about that in depth and maybe we'll see if we can. Are, I don't, are you still going to Rome? next week yes. okay yes so maybe sunday night we can put together a couple of yeah. people and actually have a little round table about that okay I mean, the one thing i will say is if we knew if we looked in a checking account and said it said one dollar and it said for gambler for yeah. gambling yes we'd be okay with it correct we'd be okay with the message coming through and but it is it's the first thing i check and i'm like oh god i don't even really care about the messages uh my poor mom who's been you know, yeah. <laughs> wish death upon many, many times. Right. Um, but I just don't want to delete them because I don't want them on my Instagram, you know. But yeah. if I knew that I was getting a dollar and it was directly coming from that and not them just saying it's in your prize money, yeah, well, the right. prize money is decreasing. So, um, but yeah, we'll get some people together because we know 
Might be the only thing that everybody's on the same page about in the sport of tennis. It's entirely possible. <laughs> so that will be coming up this coming week as both Noah and I head to Rome, Georgia, and we will talk to you from Rome next week. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.